Gina Yashere. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Very good, very good. Tell me what you're doing. Are you living in the UK now? No, I'm actually living in Los Angeles. Yay, I'm in the sun. Um, but I come back here because obviously I'm in demand here as well as America. I'm a transatlantic comic. So why did you move there? Because, you know what, it was, it was kind of a rash decision. I do stuff like that. I got on a TV show, I was in Australia on tour and I auditioned for this TV show called Last Comic Standing, which is basically American Idol for professional comedians. And I got through and I got through to the semi-finals, I got through to the top 10, the top 10. Woo. And they sought me out a two-year work visa and I got the visa and I thought, I've got a two-year work visa to work in America. I'm off. And so basically I sold my house, sold my car, gave away everything I owned and turned up in America with two suitcases. And that's basically how it happened. I'm briefly interrupting to let you know that I'm Marsha from yesyesmarsha.com and this is from a series of interviews that I did from 2009 to 2011 called Marsha Meets, which were long-form interviews with stand-up comedians that eventually inspired the book Off the Mic, The World's Best Stand-Up Comedians Get Serious About Comedy. That book's out now on Bloomsbury Publishing. Back to the interview. Okay, before I want to ask you all about it. Before I do, uh, yes. before that, you were in the UK. You yes. were doing a lot of stand-up. Lots of stand-up. You're doing very well. You've doing done right. a bunch of national tours. Yep. You had a couple of DVDs. You've been, you had been doing a lot of telly then as well. Yes. You've done uh, Lenny Henry in Pieces. Yes, I did Lenny Henry's show. I played... Uh, Mrs. Mokrede, the pushy African mum, and Tanya, I don't think so. And you were on, people might recognise you off uh, some of the I Love shows that were oh on. Oh my gosh, I haven't done one of them for years. Oh, okay, but I'm trying to be chronological oh, okay. a little bit. All you right. did uh, Comic Relief Does Fame Academy. Com- yeah, I did Fame Academy. I shouted uh, all the songs that I knew on Fame Academy. I've done Mock the Week loads. Lots of people recognise me from Mock the Week. I didn't know it was that popular, but there you go, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's hugely popular. Yeah, here. so yeah. I've done that quite a few times as well. So most, a lot of people know me from that. That as well. And then you did Last Comic Standing and then as you said you moved to LA. Yes. And when you first got there was it like starting again because you'd already built up Oh it is. I, I'm totally starting again. I didn't know anybody. Nobody knew me. Um, so I was turning up at comedy clubs again. Um, please let me do seven minutes for no money. And I'm still doing that to some extent a year and a half, two years later. But now it's picking up nicely. I'm starting to get more bookings. I'm working. Done a couple of TV shows. Like I was the first British comic on Def Comedy Jam and stuff like that. Def Comedy Jam. This is, I should probably explain for anyone who doesn't know, but it's a show on HBO. It's a massive deal over there. Massive deal. Loads of people's careers got launched. Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, Jamie Foxx. There's tons. That's right. And were you the first Brit on it? First British comic ever. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. What did they make of you? I had a fantastic time. I had a killer set. So good, I even put it up on YouTube. That's how good it was. Uh, No, it was a great set. A lot of comedians were in. I I, I saw Damon Wayans in the audience, but I knew he was going to be there because I was following his son because his son is also a stand-up. And so I knew he was going to be there. But like every comedian who was in L.A., came down to watch my set because they were like who is this English girl with a funny accent and funny hair who's coming and doing our show so I had to represent UK and I did I did us proud so you did really well on that what's the competition like for stand-up in LA oh it's hugely competitive there's millions and millions of stand-ups in LA the majority of them crap really crap yeah yeah, yeah, the majority of them are rub absolute 
Right, a lot of them are actors because apparently any stage time goes to all your, uh, what's the American version of equity? AFTRA and SAG, those are the two unions, goes to all your SAG credits, any stage time. So you've got all these actors doing pretend seven-minute monologues, pretending they're stand-ups, clogging up. The oh, comedy no. club circuit over there but, is very frustrating. But how do people react to that? Do they go, ha, ha, ha? Or... Thing is, though, the audiences, uh, they obviously don't know comedy because they actually, they lap it up. But then when I come on stage, then they see proper stand-up and I blow the others off the stage. But when I'm not on stage, they're, they're taking this as what, well, this must be what stand-up is. And it's rubbish. They're doing the same seven minutes, word for word, every single time you see them. All they've got is the seven minutes. It's, it's just horrendous. But then good for you in terms of it. You good just for must me. blow everyone else oh, off yeah. the stage. They, they make me look fantastic, which is great. <laughs> I, I'm being lauded as the next Ross Noble in, in LA right now. It's fantastic. And how are the audiences? Are there things that you drastically have to change? Uh, I have to slow down my speech. Uh, they wouldn't understand me if I talk at my normal speed. So I slow down my speech and enunciate, which means I'm a little bit posher in America. And obviously, uh, Americans, let's see, uh, what's the word? Um... They're quite insular. Like 75% of them have not got passports. Majority of them have never been outside of America. So they've got no idea that there are black people in England. So when I come on stage and I start speaking, they're completely nonplussed. They're like, what is that? Oh, my God. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's an Aborigine. Oh, my God. I think I'm the only black person in America who's not afraid of the police. In fact, I pull them over. I did it recently. I stopped the police. And I was like, excuse me, officer, I can't help but notice you have been following me for eight miles and the accent confused him he was like that oh i'm sorry ma'am i thought you were black so yeah i have to actually acknowledge the fact that yes I'm speaking like this because I'm British, because there are black people in England. So I basically have to set all that up. And then I do a lot of stand-up uh, as a British person looking at their culture from the outside. But I play dumb. I, you know, I, the only way to really take the mick out of Americans, because they've got no sense of humour about themselves, really, is by playing ignorant. You know, so I say things like, oh, my gosh, I mean, I'm British. I had no idea that Americans can get so fat. And that's how I get away with it. So I do a lot of that. But a lot of the jokes are the same. But a lot of people move to L.A. in yeah. order to get into the movies. Is that a... No interest at all for me. I'm not moved to L.A. for the movies at all. If I get in the movies, great. I'll do it. The money's fantastic. But for me, it's all about the stand-up. I, listen, my perfect career would be Ellen's or Jay Leno's. I just want a talk show where I just stand up and do jokes every night and then on the weekends I go and fill out massive theatres. That's all I want out of my career. I'm quite... I'm not that ambitious. Right. I'm not that ambitious. <laughs> I'm not interested not in being a, in a movie star. I just want a talk show and interview people and do see sketches and tell jokes and make lots of money and have 47 cars like Jay Leno. That's all I want in life. OK. Well, you feels like you're on the way there. You're doing uh, I'm, well. I'm, I'm getting there slowly but surely. I'm creeping up. Are you making your family proud? Oh, yeah, my mum's proud. I've been on TV. That's it for her, really. I could have been on Crime Watch, but she'll go, did you see Gina on Crime Watch? Oh, the way she did that burglary was just fantastic. So I've been on TV, so she don't care. She's proud. But she, growing up, she was very strict. She was very keen on you. Education was yeah, very important. Yeah, I, uh, I studied. I did electronics. I was, I'm a qualified engineer, I'll have you yeah. know. Uh, I don't just tell jokes. <laughs> I'm not just gorgeous, good looks. I am a technical whiz kid. Well, you, you worked in engineering and you were working with like 2,000 guys. Yes, I was one of the engineers that helped build 
the lift shaft and the lifts as Canary Wharf went up. I was there. I was an apprentice on that site. That's amazing. Um, but tons of guys in just tons two. Of, two thousand guys, just me. The only woman I ever saw was the nurse and the women in the canteen. That was it. And so, did you get a lot of stick? Did you have to toughen up? Oh God, yeah, I got a lot of stick. I had to toughen up. I was always getting into arguments. I had to prove my manhood. Basically, I had to prove that I was as hard as the other guys. I could lift as much as they could. I could work as well as they could because they didn't like me very much because I was I came in qualified as an engineer already. So I came in grades above them already. So I was already being paid more than them. So they were not liking me at all. So I had to prove myself. And that yeah. presumably was good practice for getting into comedy. Which well, very male people always say, yeah, people always say to me, oh, Gina, is it hard being a female comedian? And I'm like, uh, I worked on a building site where I was the only woman out of 2,000 men where I'd have to pull my helmet down and walk into the men's toilet to take a we no it's not that hard being a female comedian not at all <laughs> so you did that your mum presumably was very proud about that yes. and then you dropped it and then i uh, took voluntary redundancy back in 95 and decided in the interim after i'd spent my redundancy money that i'm i'm not gonna go back to engineering i'm gonna do comedy i fancied in a bit of something else and um, my mum was not impressed she was like yeah, comedy comedy what, what the hell what the hell is comedy you mean i live in engineering to become a clown. Is that what you're telling me? You're a clown. She didn't understand. But then I got on TV within six months of starting comedy and it was all over then. And that was the point That was it. She she changed. She changed. Then she was like, oh yes, I knew she was going to be a comedian. I always (laughs) knew, you know. I used to write jokes with her when she was three. I bought her a pair of big shoes because I knew she was going to be a clown. I just knew it. I want to just ask you about uh, your mum when you were growing up before then because I heard stories about she wouldn't let you go on school trips. I was never allowed on any school trip. She was so... She thought we'd all drown. She 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 used to actually keep a scrapbook. This is the God's honest truth. She used to keep a scrapbook of bus and train crashes. <laughs> no. And then if whenever we wanted to go in there, she'd bring out the scrapbook and go, you see these people, these people all died. These children died because they went on school outings and didn't listen to their mothers who were protecting them. And so I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. But then there was one point when you convinced her to let you. Well, yeah, I was 17. I was doing A-level French. So it was for studies. I convinced her to let me go on this school trip, but it wasn't really a school trip. I was going to France by myself for two months travelling, but I couldn't tell her that. So what I did was like, she saw me off at Victoria Station. I got all my mates to turn up at Victoria Station with suitcases <laughs> to make it look like a school trip. So 10 of my mates all turned up and we were all like, hey, bye, mum. And my mum was like, bye, have a good time. And then they all got off at the next stop. <laughs> and I went on to France by myself. Woohoo! Did she ever find out? No, and my mum doesn't listen to XFM, oh, so I think I'm all right. <laughs> um, all right, so she's very proud of you now. Does she mind you talking about her? Because you talk about her quite a lot in your stand Oh, she loves it. She wants commission. <laughs> she loves it. Like, you know, she's come on my TV shows. I remember the first show I did, it was this show called The Big, Big Talent Show back in, like, 96, and Jonathan Ross was hosting it. And my mum was in the audience and she st- and John Ross was like, oh, Gina's mum is in the audience. And she stood up and was like, yes, that is me. I am the reason she's here. <laughs> so she loves it. She loves me talking about her. She loves it. All right, so what's next? You're filming at the moment? Uh, yes, I'm back in England uh, until July. I'm currently shooting a comedy drama for ITV, but that's all I can say. Oh. I'm not allowed to tell you, but I've got some great live shows coming up. Yeah, you've got loads. Hang on, I'm going to talk about them in a minute. Oh, OK. But yes. before then, yes. I wanted to talk to you about something because... So your family from Nigeria, your mum's from Nigeria. Yep, mum and dad from Nigeria, yep. And you did... So you did this last comic standing, which yep. was a reality show. Yep. 
You've also done, it's not quite the same thing, but the Celebrity Fame Academy. Yes. Did you know that they're starting to do a Dragon's Den in Nigeria? I heard about it. <laughs> they're currently open for applicants. Haven't they had it already? They already had a oh, season really? of it. Oh, maybe they just Because I remember just... a guy got kicked off because he included bribery into his business expenses. <laughs> so that he was like, well, we will need, you know, I, I need to for you to give me 250,000 naira. Uh, 200,000 of it will be for, you know, the business and the, the equipment and 50,000 will be for bribing, you know, for handing over money to officials. And they all got all very indignant going, I can't believe you've come on this TV show and everybody knows that bribery is rife in Nigeria. The guy was being sensible, but they were like, I can't believe you just came on this TV show and you want to bribe people. You had a great business idea, but now we are not giving you anything and they threw him off the show. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing it on, I can't remember where it was, but yeah, so it's already at Dragon's yes. Den, Nigeria. Hilarious. Because I was wondering about other reality shows they yes. might do in Nigeria. All right. What do you think? What not to wear? <laughs> Have you ever met uh, a true Nigerian? You tell a Nigerian they're dressed badly, you're going to get hurt. What do you mean, like, what not to wear? This looks suits me fine. Uh, you know how much I pay for this? Don't let me smack you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Trini and C Is it Trini and Susanna? Trini and Susanna. Not going to yeah. happen. They would not get out of Nigeria alive. What about Pimp My Ride? <laughs> pimp My Ride, that is hilarious. I'd love to see a Pimp My Ride, Nigeria. Well, first, we're going to give you some wheels. Because <laughs> at the moment, your car is on bricks. But wheels would be a good start. Yeah, that'd be a fun show. What about Super Size versus Super Skinny? Niger skinny people, listen, African culture, you're supposed to be... I would Listen, my mum hates the fact that I'm slim. Because I used to be, obviously, I used to be a lot bigger and I lost a lot of weight. My mum can't stand it. She's like, you know, it's too much. You are, you're too skinny now. You're... When I was fat, she was like, oh, you're too fat. You're too fat. And now I've got slim. She's like, oh, you're too skinny. You, you, look, you look like you're hungry. In Nigeria, you know, being big as a woman is a sign of wealth. It's a sign that you're getting fed enough that you've got food in your house. So the super skinny will never happen in Nigeria. Won't happen. OK, finally, this isn't quite a reality show, but I was just trying to work out how it would work. But what about the Nigerian deal or no deal? <laughs> Thing is, though, Nigerians will not be waiting for you to open that box. So if you pull out that box and it's not the money that they're asking for, it's not going to work out. They're like, well, I know I lost the 250000 earlier, but I'm taking it anyway. I'm taking it. What are you going to do about it? I'm taking it. So no, that show, that, none of these shows are going to work okay, in Nigeria. Okay. They're not going to work. But the, you've just given me good fodder for my next stand-up show. <laughs> so live dates, you've got a bunch of them going on yes. in London over the next month. Yes. You're then doing the Brighton Fringe Festival yes, on the 18th of May. That's right. So come and see me if you're in Brighton or nearby. And then you're doing a couple of dates at the Udderbelly on That's the South right. Bank in yeah, June, 5th and 6th. 6th, man, it's going to be, I'm doing my one more show, I'm going to be doing excerpts from the DVD and a couple of new bits and pieces and my DVD will be there on sale so you can come along, see my live show, you get the DVD signed, signed by the woman herself. I mean, what more can you possibly ask? And people can find all these dates on your website, which is? GinaYashere.com or come hit me up on Facebook. Or Twitter, I, I'm really not a big... Are you on Twitter? I am Twitter, but I'm not a big Twitter fan. I'm a Facebook freak. Okay. I like the status updates on Facebook. I like 
the pictures, I like the movies. You can't do any of that on Twitter, or can no. you? You can no. just put links in. Yeah, that's, bo- that's boring to me. Yeah. So I'm on I Twitter, but I'm not on it. Do you okay, know what I mean? But no, well, they could come to Twitter. Maybe okay. I'll build my yeah, audience. Yeah. But Facebook is where I'm at. Okay. I, I used to be a MySpace freak, but MySpace is over, isn't it's it? It's all it's dead. boarded up and dead dusty. in the water. Yeah. Wow, tumbleweed grow. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I built up 8,000 friends on MySpace, all gone to waste. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll all jump ship they'll with you. They'll all jump ship to Facebook and Twitter. Okay. But the website again? GeniaAshaway.com. Genie, thank you so much for coming on. No worries. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you like that, you'll probably love the book that I put together with Deborah Francis White called Off the Mic, The World's Best Stand-Up Comedians Get Serious About Comedy. So asking them things like, what's your writing process? How do you find your voice? What do you think about touring? How do you deal with hecklers? We interviewed 42 stand-ups, including Eddie Izzard, Sarah Millican, Phil Jupiter, Stuart Lee, Mark Maron. It's out now on Bloomsbury Publishing. If you want to find out more, go to Yes Yes marsha.com forward slash off the mic.